You are listening to a new series called Peace to You, How to Stay Sane in a Crazy World. And we're gonna be looking at the book of Philippians to find different ways, different tools, different tactics that we can use to maintain a sense of peace despite a world that is constantly changing and full of uncertainty. Now, like we said in the first episode on, on Thanksgiving, on gratitude, the Apostle Paul wants us to understand that Peace is a gift of God. It's something that is given to us in the gospel that we have access to. The Apostle Paul is in jail. He's writing from jail to the church at Philippi. He's been persecuted. He is worried about the state of the churches. And despite all of these difficult circumstances, the Apostle Paul still has joy. He still has peace. He still trusts in the sovereign purposes of God. Last week, we talked about how he encourages the Philippians in chapter 1 to always be gracious and full of gratitude, gracious toward one another and also grateful toward God for all the ways that he's working, even in their trials, even in their setbacks. And the Apostle Paul leads the way. Despite being in jail, despite all the things that are going against him, he still rejoices and he still trusts God's purposes. Well, in chapter 2, the Apostle Paul pulls out another tool to aid us in our battle for peace, and that is humility. Paul wants us to be humble. God wants us to be humble, and this is a cornerstone of peace. At the heart of humility is the idea of dependence. The idea that we are creatures created by God. God is our creator, we are his creatures, and therefore our relationship to God is one of complete dependence. We are dependent upon God. For every breath we take, for every moment of our lives, for every good thing in our lives, God is the source and the one who uh, nourishes and the one who sustains us. This is just a fact of reality. We are completely dependent upon God. So from top to bottom, our lives rest in his faithful character, which means that sin is essentially self-reliance. It's self-dependence, pride, vanity. All these things focus on the self while humility turns outward towards God and towards our neighbor. This is what we were designed to be. We were designed to be dependent creatures. And we know this. We know that the essence of humanity, the essence of being a human being, is to be somebody who lives under the care of God, who lives dependent completely upon the grace of God. And we know this because Jesus Christ is the perfect man. He is the prototype of what a human being is, and he lived his life by faith, by trusting in the plan of the Father. You think about in the Gospel of John how many times he says, my will, my, or my work is to do the will of the Father. I only say what he tells me. I only do what he tells me to do. He spends hours in prayer. He spends hours trusting in the sovereign plan of his Father and submits to that in his human form. And he's showing us that, that to be the perfect man is not to be a guy who has it, who, who can live on his own, Apart from God, it's the complete opposite. The perfect man, he, he, he does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from God. And Jesus exemplifies this. And Jesus is the God-man, right? He is God who puts on human flesh. And it says that even though he was in the form of God, he did not count the, 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 that form uh, something to be grasped. 
and he emptied himself of that. Now, this doesn't mean that Jesus stopped being divine, but rather Jesus, despite being the eternal God, despite being perfectly equal to the Father, did not avail himself of that privilege. He, he, he shed that, uh, instead of coming down in glory, he came down in humiliation, in the humble form of a slave. He could have come as a conquering king, but he willingly gave up. He, as many theologians call it, he veiled his glory in weak human flesh. He didn't become less of God, but he, in a sense, covered it by coming and being born in our likeness and being born in the form of a servant, of a slave. He did not come to be served, but to serve. So he he does not empty his godness, he empties his status. He trades the royal robes for the clothes of a servant. And he humbles himself all the way to a shameful, humiliating death on the cross. And the Apostle Paul says that mindset that God himself took on in the incarnation, in Jesus Christ, that mindset is the mindset that I want you to have. Have this mind among you. And he says, it's yours in Christ Jesus, which is interesting. He's saying, I want you to put on what I've already given you. By virtue of being a Christian, you can have this mind of Christ. You can be like Christ in this way. It's already a gift to you, but you have to put effort. You actually have to put that on. It's a decision of the will to adopt that mindset that says, whatever privileges I have in life, whatever blessings I have in life, I am going to forego those to serve others. And Paul says, the essence of humility is counting the interests of others and not just your own, and counting others as more significant than you. Now, we have to understand what humility is and what it is not. Humility is not being an insecure doormat that just does what everybody wants them to do. The Bible has a category for for that. It's called fear of man. Okay, don't mistake fear of man for humility. Because all you're doing is just trying to please people because you want to get something out of it. You're not actually caring for other people. It's, it's actually very selfish. So it's not just being a doormat. Okay? It's, it's, not, it's not thinking that you're a terrible person and always bemoaning how weak and broken you are and thinking that, oh, I can't possibly do that. And all. No, that's all self-centered. It's all focusing on you. It's still making it all about you. Whereas pride might be making it all about how good you are, this kind of self-loathing, this kind of fear of man is just making it all about how bad you are. It's still all about you. This is why I love what C.S. Lewis says. He says that, that humility is not thinking, about, thinking less of yourself. It's thinking about yourself less. It's not thinking less of yourself, but thinking about yourself less. This is central to understanding the mind of Christ, right? Notice that that when Christ humbles himself, what was he doing when he he died on the cross? He was counting our lives as more significant than his own. And he had every right not to die for us. I mean, he's the perfect son of God. He is the eternal God himself. And yet he, out of love, willingly, willingly chooses to forego all the privileges that he has as the eternal son to give up his life for us, to be a ransom for our sake. So what excuse do we have? I mean, the fact that God himself is willing to to care about us, to give the ultimate sacrifice for us, that's got to shape the way that we live. 
But this is not some kind of religious show of like, look how miserable we can be. Are we spiritual? Look how miserably, miserable we are. No. Paul says, look at the example of Jesus. He humiliated himself. He was humbled and he died a horrible death. And because of that, God exalted him above every name and every knee will bow to him. This tells us that humility is the path to glory. So God isn't against us being lifted up. God isn't against our glory. In fact, God is going to vindicate us. He's going to show us in glory and lift us up and show us to the whole world as his sons and daughters in, in, in absolute beauty and splendor. You read Romans 8. That's what that's about. So what does God do? He, he's against the proud, but he lifts up the humble. He exalts the humble. This is the path to glory. So God wants us to ditch our glory-seeking plans for his. He wants us to ditch us focusing on ourselves, always worried about ourselves, always looking inward, always making it about us, and going, listen, if you humble yourself, if you look away from yourself, and you look to the needs of others, I'll handle your exaltation. I'll handle your needs. I will lift you up. You leave that to me. You don't worry about that. Don't sit in your room navel-gazing. Don't sit in your room saying, oh, I can't help people, I'm this, I'm that. That's all cowardice. That's not real humility. Be like Jesus. Take responsibility for other people. Who are the people in your life that you can serve? Who are the people in your life that you're responsible for? Bear that responsibility and, and take on the mind of Christ and count their needs and interests above yours. And notice, Paul's very practical. He goes, look, you want to be humble? Don't grumble and don't complain because you are lights in the world. You are showing the world full of anxiety and discontent and jealousy and envy and all this materialism. You're showing them, look, I, I, I know Jesus. And because of that, I don't need to grumble or complain. I don't need to worry about my needs always being met. I don't need to scramble every single day making sure I maintain some kind of equilibrium of happiness all the time. I don't need this life to be perfect. And that frees me up to give my life away. That frees me up to actually think about the needs of others. No complaining. No grumbling. And by the way, if you think about that, that's pretty hard. right? I, I think about that and I'm like, there's no way I can do that. right? But Paul goes on and he says, here's the deal. The only way you can have this humble mindset of not complaining, of counting others more significant than yourselves, is by the grace of God. He says, work out your salvation. You have to put effort into this. Work out your salvation. Live out what's true about your salvation. Because it's God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. That's amazing. God calls us to be humble. Then he says, not only am I going to enable you to be humble, but, but I'm even giving you the desire to, to, to be humble. I'm giving you the desire to be humble and I'm empowering you to actually carry it out. That's amazing. It's God working in us to do this. This means that even in trying to be humble, we need to be humble. <laughs> we, we can't be humble in our own strength. We have to turn away from ourselves and go, Lord, this is bigger than me. I'm at the end of my rope. This is too much for me. I can't stop complaining. I can't have contentment. This is hard. And God's like, yeah. So stop relying on yourself and ask me to empower you to do this. That's the ultimate act of humility, saying, God, I can't even be humble without you helping me. Start there. And this is, this is the, the, the whole issue with our trials, the whole thing with our trials. What, what's it doing? What is COVID doing? What is all the political unrest doing? It's not making us dependent. 
We've always been dependent. It's simply revealing the fact that we have always been dependent. And maybe in this time where everything's so crazy, everything's so different, everything's so uncertain, we can lean into this truth. That peace doesn't come from controlling every aspect of your life. Peace doesn't come from getting every one of your needs met. Peace comes when we embrace our trials as an opportunity to trust God and to serve other people and to imitate the life of Christ. And then God promises us if we do that, he will be with us and that we are on the path to glory and that this is the way God gives us peace. Thanks for listening to this. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast, share this with a friend, and follow us on Instagram where you can watch this on Instagram TV at Four Oaks College.